With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My four-year-old cousin's been learning Spanish all year, but still doesn't know the word for please. Don't know about you, but I think that's poor for four. <laughs> He's proud Testing of it. special Live from Spain Local I mean outside people laughed yeah. In the streets of Granoyas When they play that tomorrow on the Tannoys People the, All the, the zero fans in attendance will be <laughs> I had such high hopes for this one mate Because obviously last week And I don't want to remind you of it But I'm going to That was a low moment But It was I a difficult time just, in your joke career wasn't it Just my whole career My life actually <laughs> the whole, My whole life as a whole And then I knew You were coming on a plane so obviously yep. to Spain, I was like, well, this is where your best ideas come from. Phrasing, by the way. Well, you did enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll cut to the chase. It's an eight. Yes. On the walk here. I feel like we're back on the same level. On the walk here, I said I was hoping for a nine from that, but I'll take oh, an eight. Oh, sorry. It's, it's better than last week. It's up. I actually didn't hear you say that you were hoping for a nine, so you could have got away with that. Oh. But, um, I, I mean, it was it was what you're hoping for, so you're being honest. Yeah, so it was, it was, but it's still good. You liked it's it, right? Matters. You laughed. I loved it. Excellent work. Also, it's the little look on his face he does when he gets it. When it's when it's like a yeah, he kind of no one can see this, so I just reacted to Nate. But he kind of just his, his eyebrows go up. He just gets his little weird, weird smug grin on his face where he's like, "This was funny," <laughs> like, and he's looking at you like you're about to laugh, aren't you? And yes, yes, we were. So good work, mate. This is why it's a testing special because no one can see it. Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. Good work, Bretto. <laughs> that was a live uh, intro you had to do for only like the third time. <laughs> You're such a professional on these things. Like you, you shunt a lot when we do it without the need. Strange, right? Yeah. I know. You, when you perform no under pressure pretty well, but when there's no pressure... You'd crumble. I've never seen anything like it. Which I suppose kind of is the opposite. pretty handy for my day job. Pretty, yeah. 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 Diffusing all those minds. It's <laughs> <laughs> keeping us safe in the paddock. I also think that when I get to see your faces in real life, like today, just for absolute clarity, uh, it makes me better. <laughs> just to confirm <laughs> no. that this is live and we are sat next Nate was about to stroke my face. I wasn't quite sure <laughs> what to do. No, 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 I better not do that. Do it, do it. Do it. Uh, and not only that, you can see our faces. There's a face you can't see that's directly behind you right now in Lawrence Edmondson, who is just browsing Twitter, I think, or Instagram. He's just on his phone. He said he wanted to listen to the live read, live read, live show before we went for dinner. Uh, instead, he got a beer and then is ignoring us. So uh, that's gone well. But it looks uh, like he's, at, he's living his best life, though, to be fair. Yeah, he's very pleased with hey, himself. <laughs> in what Hello. is quite frightening. <laughs> Try that again. Hello. Beautiful. That is great content. Excellent <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> uh, uh, it was echoey because this enormous mansion of a room that Barreto has is, quite frankly, the biggest thing I think I have seen since the size of the hopes around Ferrari. <laughs> hey. Hey. Brilliant tangent. Love 
love that. <laughs> Thank you. But also, I agree with Maddox. This is an, an enormous room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you guys could uh, pop by. But Say hello. Yeah. Drop in. Drop it doesn't, in. I mean, it doesn't have a sauna or a disco ball. But it did randomly, magically have podcast equipment set up for us. <laughs> yeah. so which was very handy. It was amazing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And beers that and beers. were already poured for us. Cervezas. There you go. Welcome to Spain. Thank you very much. Is that the only Spanish you know, mate? Cerveza. Uh, no, no, it's Por Favor. Por Favor. No, he read a joke out. Donde. That doesn't really know. As we said yesterday, no, Donde. Yeah, his best one is Donde. Where? Donde. That's where. Yeah, where? Yeah. yeah, but you just go into a restaurant and go, Donde. <laughs> La Bibliotheque. <laughs> Where's the library? <laughs> is it Bibliotheque French? Yeah. No, or German? Is library. I don't know. No, no, it's no, library. It's the library in Spanish. Is it in Spanish too? It's yeah. definitely in French. Bibliotheque. Bibliotheque is French for library. Oh, no, don't make me think that I've got it right when I've... See, this is, this is overlapping too much with my Rosetta Stone podcast oh. that I do. <laughs> <laughs> my, my languages with Nate. I don't want to give people too much free content. Free I would language. listen to languages with Nate. I would. I really would. But, <laughs> tangent again, let's speak the language of Formula One, Nate. Uh, uh, because, yeah, you're, you're, you're half Italian. Which quarter you, Italian. Well, you're part Italian. It which you were all the time, Nate. I, 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 depends on who's winning the sports. <laughs> Side sidetrack story, but um, Nate was ashamed to be even a part Italian uh, last night when we went to a little oh, establishment yeah. in downtown Barcelona mm. uh, just for you know a bit of a catch up and a drink, play a bit of pool. There was a pool table, and we're like, you oh, know nice. what, we'll play a game. And uh, Lawrence Edmondson put in a euro, ready to play. Nothing happened. It turns out you need one euro plus one euro. Dos euros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some more Spanish. <laughs> so Edmondson goes to the bar, and just as he's coming back. This Italian dude just comes and quickly puts in two euros. <gasps> and, put, and as he came over to do it, we're like, no, 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 we've already we'd put money in. We're just about to play that. He's like, uh, and he just did it, completely ignored, yeah, completely ignored us and then started taking the balls out and went, uh, sorry, too late. So we're like, <laughs> that is... That's exactly what he said. Was like, that was outrageous. That's not good pool etiquette. It was not. And we think he was on a date with uh, a, a very nice lady who apologised and told Nate it'll be a quick game. Um, she seemed a little bit cheapish about the whole incident. Uh, brilliantly, she then beat him on the last oh. last uh, pot yeah, of black with, with the cue. Then after, that, after that. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was it was savage actually, yeah. bloody. They were still cleaning it up when we left, but uh, so yeah, that was that was. I mean, it, this week got off to a bad start for us, but today's been much more fun. It has. I think Ferrari's redeemed that guy. Yes, for Italy. Yeah. For, <laughs> this is the ultimate Ferrari hype episode that will fall down tomorrow, and certainly by the time <laughs> At we get about nine o two p.m., you can burn this episode. It when, when one of them has gone ten seconds slower than someone else. Is Ferrari um, going to win the World Championship, Nate? The Testing Championship, yes. <laughs> Nate's favourite livery championship? No. Ooh. No. They were runner-up in that. No, because obviously they weren't the last to launch, Nate, were they? Exactly. <laughs> My new favourite car is Medan's hire car, which I just saw. So <laughs> no. how, what does that mean? Because <laughs> no. Alfa Romeo are the last to, to <clears throat> yeah, launch. Well, there's by default will be my favourite, I guess, right? I mean, there's a chance, though. It might be the best-looking one. You never know. It we haven't seen be. it I yet. I quite like the camo livery. I really think yeah. I oh, of course you do. Nate, is there anything you don't like? Damn it. Not this year. The cars look great this year, right? I think they all look really, really nice. The last year's cars look like, when you look at them now, like point boxy and horrible oh, yeah, and just right. <clears throat> really bad. So I think every time you see one of them, and they've all been designed pretty nicely. Um, pretty nicely. The designers will be delighted yeah. by that. Yes. I mean, they do. Listen, I, I hear they listen to this podcast <laughs> for the technical analysis of their cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tonight, especially, they were like, oh, they Mark, Mark, Hughes, first look. "Mark Hughes, if you're listening, I'm sorry." For that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I actually meant the the team tech bosses, but yeah, that's true. James Key, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so we've jumped around here a little bit. I'm going to say quickly: livery, livery one, two, three: McLaren, Ferrari, Alpha Tauri. My faves. Wow. Okay. That McLaren, in person, looks great. 
with that, like the way the liver is kind of like fluorescent almost or mm-hmm. luminous. Mm. I really like it. And I know it was not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, I, I'm surprised you said that. I won't lie. I'm genuinely surprised you said that. Um, it's not, I've got nothing against the McLaren either. I, I think you're right. It looks better in person. I'm just, I didn't, did not think it would be your number one. No, left field. But I, to be honest with you, it's difficult because I like pretty much all the, the only one I don't really like. I think, I think the Haas could have been better. It should just be a giant American flag as we've talked about many <laughs> times. You know, I want like, I want like a picture of like Springsteen on one side. Ah, oh, yes. And then like, I don't know, just, uh, who else is the favourite? Ferris Bueller on the other side. I mean, admittedly, they might have to change it at this rate. Yeah, maybe. Um, but like, let's not go knows? down that route. No, because <laughs> we have no idea. And, you know, yeah. at, at, at least we're here for now. Um, What's your top three, Melissa? I was about to ask you, mate. I, I was trying to buy some time. Because I hadn't planned this. Nate didn't tell us to plan a top three. Well, so I went completely against the run plan. Because <laughs> I'd made the note in the car to say my top three and then just said it. So I've gone rogue. Well played. Um, what I was actually going to say was I can embellish uh, my top three with a story. Oh, okay. Okay. So we need a jingle for Meta's story time. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so if Martin so Gill, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> one, please. Um, you can you can settle in comfortably. Well, you can, Nate, because uh, Bretto's perched on a stool, so he really can't be comfortable at any. I mean, what a host I am. Yeah. I give you the most comfortable chairs. Yeah. And I did demand it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm absolutely not sitting on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so today I've been doing some uh, BBC Live text updates, uh, providing some insight to the BBC uh, Sport ah, website my readers. My gaff, which yeah, exactly. we, of course we can't let this pass by saying Nate Saunders also featured in the BBC F1 Live text. That's right, I did. Where you two first met. Yeah. We first met virtually. <laughs> yeah. Our Twitter eyes met across the room. <laughs> As he hit accept on my comment and then wrote a comment back. <laughs> yeah. And about, now look at us. About Bernie? It was about Grosjean. Grosjean yeah. No, no, it was me saying, how could Bernie ever get rid of Spa? Madness. And Lawrence yeah. was like, I couldn't agree more, Nate. Look forward to doing podcasts with you in 10 years. It's <laughs> 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 prophetic. Sure. 51% fact that. Um, or 52. I can't remember our I own think podcast. It was 51. I think 51. Uh, okay. Um, so, Sorry, yeah. Story time. Go yeah, on. so I was doing some updates for that. And eventually I, I found a window. I was like, I'm going to go trackside and have a look. So I went to like the chicane essentially and then the outside of turn 10 and it's all the way the access roads work here that's kind of all linked you can just turn around and be looking at cars at the chicane and you can turn around and see them at the new turn 10 uh, and then I walked down to the braking zone in turn 10 because I thought it'd be quite interesting to see you know some cars following each other I was like this is cool and then I decided to walk back I was just going to walk kind of the opposite direction around the track uh, so I'd see kind of like nine eight seven ish and then you can cut across to the end of the pit straight and I was heading that way, and two Ferrari-clad people on bicycles came the other way, and I was like, hmm, interesting. And it was Charles Leclerc and Marc Genet. And they stopped, like, a little bit in front of me, so I hadn't got to them yet, uh, to have a watch through, like, a gap in the fence where, like, a, an access vehicle would be or something. Um, and Charles is a very nice guy, so he, like, sees someone, you know, he'd, to any of us, he'd be like, oh, hey, how you going? Be polite. Um, and I first up said, I'm going to take a photo of you guys at some stage of you watching the cars on track because I'm doing some live text updates, and it'll be really good for that. And they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. So then we had a chat and talked about the cars, and Shah was saying he loves how they're all so different, yeah. like how, how unique each one looks. But then he was like, you know, uh, I think Janae asked, like, what have you heard from the British media? Um, because obviously they can follow the Italian media more closely mm-hmm. uh, in terms of who's doing a good job or whose car looks good and that sort of thing. Um, and I was like, to be honest, I, no one's really picked one out, like 100%, like, watch out for this, because... They are also different. They're kind of there's something from every car that everyone people are like. Well, they look good, and this looks good. Um, but I said that Ferraris was the best looking, straight straight off. And I am not a sellout. I said that to Charles Leclerc, 
and then dropped his name into this story. But I'm going to say it to you guys as well. Ferrari top of the list for me. I think it's the best looking car. But did you say, oh, so you didn't just say it because you were with two Ferrari. That's my point. I did enjoy exactly. it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I did want to say I felt like I was reading an article yeah. out loud <laughs> uh-huh. in my head. <laughs> um, so you said it to, beer while you say that, yeah. So you didn't panic and just go, no, it's definitely yours, Charles. No, no, you I, mean, I meant it. it. I, was, I was considered. Um, he then said, I think he said the Alpine looked quite nice. And I was like, mm, it's, it, it doesn't look bad. I like the Alpine as well. I, I, again, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll just they, put that top. That blue and pink go well together. Yeah, but it's, 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 a, it's a better high, than it should. It's a high bar where I just, it doesn't quite get there for me. I really like the Williams on track. Mm. I think the Williams looks lovely on track. This is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, this podcast is going to be us being like, I like that car too. Yeah. I like that car too. So uh, it's Williams P2. I think it is actually, yeah. Nice. The way, it, the way I, but maybe that's because it surprised me today how good it looked okay. on track. But it is, yeah, it I is pretty it. nostalgic seeing like that kind of shade of blue on a Williams. Yeah, for any of us who grew up in the nineties, yeah. like you know, we talked about it before, like that is Williams. Yeah, really nice dark blue. So yeah, I'm going to go Williams at two, uh, and then I think I'm going to go Alfa Tauri at three. Yeah, um, that car, that, 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 that there's something about those two colours together. That yeah, when when it's matte, I actually and I was going to put a close fourth. I really like the Red Bull. Agreed. And everybody was saying, "Oh, Red Bull don't have a livery designer," but if you actually compare the two designs. They've, they've, they have switched quite a bit around. Mm-hmm. It's the and biggest done, change they've had for a while, And right? it's bluer on the engine cover. So bluer. Yeah, so the blue, bluish. Bluer. More blue. More blue. More blue. More so, blue. Yeah, more blue. Uh, and I think it looks really good. I think it looks really Is that good. why Edmonton sat in the corner? He's here to sub your... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's why he's shaking his head just saying, like, oh, get out of here. Um, um, yeah. So, what are your top three liveries? So I'm going to put Alpha Tari first. Nice. Mostly because I want the blue... My kitchen cabinet. I told you, I I've got, I've got that blue. I know no. that shade of blue. But didn't you tweet that about Williams though? No, no, he, he tweeted about Alfa Tauri. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, my yeah, bad. Yeah, I got, yeah, your, I got your tweets right, mixed right. up. I genuinely have. We're not going to have the same game, Nate. Right? <laughs> I've seen right through you. I, I genuinely have that that color blue. It's on my own racing helmet. I asked the team for it uh, two years ago and got it. This was so. just an opportunity to like his helmet. Medland has his own racing helmet. Yeah. Uh, just calling it a racing helmet before any yeah, gags are made. Exactly. I mean. um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, genuinely, uh, I have. Th- so I'll take bribery from you, Barreto, um, <laughs> in terms of the way you treat me on this podcast or financially. I mean, I was just going to ask Franz, but you know, I'm well, pretty sure that. he's not going to bribe me. Fine, do that. Franz <laughs> didn't tell me. I don't know if Franz would tell you. Try it. Okay. You try it. Right. Let's see what happens. You're on. You're on. I'll right. see you in a future podcast. I'll let you know. This is huge. Okay, um, so Alpha Tauri have won. Yeah. Can I guess who's going to be your second? Yeah, go on then. I think your second's going to be, it's either going to be Ferrari or you're going to go completely left field and throw in like an Aston Martin, which is which is lovely to be fair. But I reckon you're an Aston Martin kind of guy. So I, I would like my next car to be an Aston Martin. Oh, same. <clears throat> okay, so hang on. You're going to go to, uh, I can see what's going to happen. You're going to go to France Toss and say, give me your paint colour and you're going to go to Aston Martin and say, give me your car. <laughs> oh yeah, can you imagine Aston Martin in that blue? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I would be. I don't, Just I don't, don't park it in your it. kitchen. You won't be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were right with your first guess. Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it was close between Avatar and Ferrari. We're just talking about looks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll get on to the, just think the nitty-gritty. Ferrari just looks good off track when they presented it, but also on track. I think yeah, it good. does. Uh, and then Williams, I agree that in the in real life, Oh, Madeline's pointing at me and smiling. Is well, we had the same top three, that? just in different orders, uh, but yes. like, yeah. Yes. So. Which means, by default, Nate's wrong. 
Yes, means 100%. I, no, it means I'm the original one. <laughs> wow. It means I don't lean on others for my opinions, Lance. <laughs> I do like the Aston Martin lime green. I do like yeah. that part of it. Yeah, and yeah. also their bubble hats are quite good. Like the lime green bubble at the top <laughs> of the bubble I, hat. I actually, so I'm just the tiniest touches you're saying you like, I'm but the majority you don't. Hat. No, no, no. I was trying to be positive here. Also, they're getting, they're getting brand new team kits soon, which is meant to look a lot more like the car. Because at the moment, they're kind of, they don't have the lime green. So it's bit more lime green on, which I'm looking forward to. Ah, yeah. Is that what you were finding out? That was the digging you were doing. A bit of insight. That was it. That was four hours that took me to get. <laughs> to scoop out the scoop. Um, Nate was not lying, by the way, when he says he likes a good bobble hat. Uh, yesterday, we were in a bar. Uh, one that he actually absconded from, and he did, we do need to I need to go to. back after this podcast and pay my bill. Yeah. Not, I just, because I, I paid on my Monzo card. A little plug for Monzo there. Uh, and I'd frozen it earlier in the day for some reason. I can't remember why. So it didn't go through, but by the time I realised it hadn't gone through, we were like a mile up the road. He checked his phone, he's like, I've got a message that Monzo says uh, it didn't go through. So we were going to go back, and we didn't yesterday, so we were today. Yep. But he had uh, two hats in his pockets. He didn't realise, two bubble hats, or two, you know, woolly hats. Yeah. And he had to choose which one to put on to leave. And, it and it's like, we'll just go back in with another one tomorrow, it'll be fine, I want to know who you are. So. Well, I've forgotten which one I was wearing yesterday now. Drama. <gasps> so Drama. I know. It's, dun, dun, dun. it's rough, isn't it? Um also, before we move on from the livery chat, when I talked about my name dropping with Charlotte Clerk, but, you know, I said I was going to get a photo for the live text. At the end of all that, they were about to leave, and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just going to grab that photo. Oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, cool, sure. And they stood and posed for me, right? But both Janae and Leclerc, if anyone sees this, you know, a, a plug here, which Nate will love me for, for my Twitter, but it's on my Twitter, or it's on the BBC Sport. No, no, BBC didn't put the photo I'm going to do a quick meddling Twitter story after this, then we'll talk about the designs themselves. Yeah. So, um, so it's on my it's on my Twitter a picture of uh, Leclerc and Janae looking at the track basically, and they're looking wistfully into the middle distance. So I take the photo, I wait, and I take the photo as Alonso comes by in the Alpine. So you've got a car shooting by them, and neither of them are looking at the car because they've gone into like pose for photo mode and they're just staring into the middle distance down the circuit. <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing yeah. ever because it looks really awkward because they're both just kind of like, are you are you done yet? They're <laughs> just standing there. Oh, I mean, it's very kind of them to pose. But it also, you know, they didn't look at the car at all at the point past. So when I say they're looking at cars on track, they're genuinely not. At Ferrari that moment, snub Alonso in, in, la- in latest insult. Yeah. That's going to be my, I'm going to quote tweet that later. <clears throat> but yeah, talking of Twitter, earlier on when I really should have been working, what I was doing instead <laughs> was A, listening to the grandstand thing. You know your boss is in the room, right? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um, but no, so it's amazing. Medlin's Twitter following absolutely baffles me. He's got 144,000 followers. Should we do a live update? Yeah, here you go. He's gonna he's gonna follow drop, which is fine. I would be doing the same thing. So I've ju- I'm I'm approaching twelve thousand. So what I did was I looked at a list of British sporting stadiums as a reference to which stadium I I could fill out with my followers. And I I'm just I'm on the verge of filling out Salford City, who are lower league football oh, team stadium. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, yeah, nice, you know, nice team, fun team to support. Um, <laughs> my God, Menace just showed me that's got my point three since we spoke earlier. That's nuts. Um. For for Medland, I, I can't use the British sporting list because Wembley, top of the list, it's is fifty thousand too small wow. for Medland's followers. Actually, more than that now, fifty fifty seven thousand or fifty four thousand too short. So I have to use the global sporting, not even stadium. It's just like sporting um, hosts. And Medders, if he when he hits one hundred fifty thousand, you will be able to fill Silverstone out. With every single person that tweets that, that follows Chris Medlin on Twitter, so effectively, when he tweets when he's got one hundred fifty thousand, it's basically like him just getting on the tannoy before the race and being like, 
Nate Saunders is listening to the grandson <laughs> when he should be doing his work or whatever. He, you know, whatever. To he be fair, I never said you should be doing your work. I did tweet because it's hilarious that Nate was there writing his report at the end of today. Like, you know, flag had nearly dropped and he was doing a, doing a report and uh, had his headphones in. He was grinning away and he'd made some sort of joke at me and he said, oh, the timing that was great because uh, it was just as the grandstand theme hit that, that moment. That bit. Yeah. And then so I took it out, took the, the he did. headphone out. He took the, the headphones out. I, I've always been like that. I've always had music. Just when I'm writing something, I, I just love the fact you get hyped to write a testing report by Grandstand. I, it yeah. genuinely yeah. makes Can't me write happy. One otherwise, <laughs> yeah. what a tune! Great tune. Yeah. If yeah. no one's heard it from outside the UK, Grandstand, YouTube it. Thank me later. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Meadows is is honing in on Silverstone. Um, an actual quote from him earlier was: <laughs> <laughs> "We went to, obviously we went to Daytona in January." Meadows was like, "No, I passed Daytona." Which is wow. 120 or 110? 110, I think. 110. So that's small fry now for Meadows. It's an absolutely small fry. Um, Meadows is big time. Meadows laughs at Daytona <laughs> International Speedway. He looks at it and he goes, where am I going to put the rest of them? I've just sat back in my chair like a smug little git. He but really actually, has. what I was about to point out was that you call me big time and look yeah. at where we are. Yeah, true. And aren't you... Did, did you say you're bored that you don't have enough to do today? <laughs> no, that's not what I said. <laughs> you weren't that busy today, though. I was not running around like a headless chicken today. Yeah, which you usually are, to be fair. Any, um, uh, do you have any fun interactions in the media pen? Any drivers? Um, any, any interesting ones? Well, hang on. Or any at all. What, what, what counts as interest? Ones where when they finish, you're like, that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> in, in your brain. All of them, obviously. Obviously. But yeah. anywhere you are I like mean, I, I shaking his head. I to today after testing. So obviously the answer is plenty of interesting <laughs> things to say. Yeah. Can um, you remember anything he said? Yeah, he was actually really chatty today. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was loving it. He had a great day in the car. But no, Valtteri Bottas was good today, even though yeah. he had a really pretty bad day. Pretty yeah, I think I think day. Bottas is going to be like just really fun all year because he's he's going to know he's not in the good He's the chilled car. out massively. But he, it, happens like, it happened with Vettel, didn't it, when he left Ferrari? Like, he was he was always just... A, I don't know, He's not. he wasn't the Vettel he is right now, I don't think. There's a lot, you could tell there was a lot of pressure on him. But since he's gone to Aston... You know, he's saving the world. Like he's doing all, all sorts of things. He's His hair looks great. Yeah, I know. Maybe I should leave go a top to team and go to Aston Martin. Yeah, you should. But instead, you chose Ferrari. No, you didn't actually. You chose ESPN. Chose no, no. Red. Who did you choose your favourite livery? Oh, McLaren. McLaren. There you go. That was why. That's your own fault. No, that's a great car. By the end of the year, you'll be saying the same thing, guaranteed. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Barreto's day. My day. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I need to come up a lot with something. Pressure, <laughs> you really didn't do it, did you? <laughs> <laughs> did you talk to Lance Stroll? Have you made that up? No, I did talk to Lance Stroll. Yeah. Um, what I enjoyed today was just uh, looking at the cars on track. So I've done. I've covered launch season, like you boys have, but it was just nice to see a cars up close and then b cars up close on a circuit. So that was good. Yep. And then also, I found everyone's really relaxed today. So in terms of people, you'd bump into the paddock, new phase. It was nice to see Joe actually. So I bumped into him. Um, and he spent a ton of time at Hinville over the time, but still lives in uh, in the UK. Um, but he settled in. He's done the kind of Lando Norris approach to joining a Formula 1 team, which is go in as much as you can until they tell you to go away. And if you, they tell you that, then you'd probably do a good job. So I'm interested to see how he does up uh, does up against Valtteri. It's a pretty low-key rookie season for him, isn't it? It's not really been... Not really much chat about it, so hope he does do some. Yeah, stuff. I think I think he's actually, yeah expectations are quite low, which is a good thing because yeah. he, he is a quick driver. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, last year obviously, if you looked at it just on last year, Oscar deserved the seat. But if Oscar wasn't there, then you'd say Joe did. Like I know that sounds obvious, but like the 
when a driver's good, but there's just one person above them, they sometimes get derided and a lot of abuse for not being the person that's above them, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But there's a lot of other people they've beaten. So, like, I think he'll do all right, actually. Like you say, if he's put in all that time and effort and he's been well helped by Alpine, it was something that uh, a lot of their new junior recruits said. It's the way they're prepared by Alpine because um, Jack Doohan's joined from mm-hmm. Red Bull and he said he could have stayed at Red Bull and he chose to go to Alpine because he said, if you look at the way they develop drivers just to be a better driver in future. Like you might not get to F1, they might not open that door for you, but you will be a better driver when you're done here. So, you know, Joe's had that for a few years. I you get so much okay. car time at Alpine. Yeah. I don't think you get it yeah. anywhere else, do you? So I can see why going there, even if it, like you said, doesn't end up in F1, is worth it. And um, I was in Enstone the other day to interview Fernando and Piastri was there and like he's there all the time and they've got a proper gym there, like a really good quality gym. You could tell Piastri took it really personally that he didn't get not personally, maybe, but like it was a real chip on shoulder kind of thing that he didn't get the seat. Yeah, he's hurt. Last year, he's hurt. Like he's every really time when off. people ask him and stuff, you can see it. Yeah, he well, he tell. doesn't give the political answer like, "No, you know, it's the way for." He's what he's like. No, I think I should be in the seat. Like, and I like yeah. that about him because he's pissed off about it and he says it. And yeah, you can tell like he's got like point to prove. So I think when he makes F one, we'll be pretty interested to see how he does. I think part of that, just as an aside mm-hmm. from Bretto being at Enstone, but I think part of that comes from Mark Webber being behind him, and and Mark oh, never yes. really held back, did he, <laughs> about you know yeah, fair true. treatment and stuff like that. And I think he. Rightly, has said to Oscar, like, you should be in there, really. If people are doing this properly, um, you should be in a seat somewhere. And again, that's not a slight on Joe. And if there were two seats, yeah, no problem with both being in. But really, if it was just picking one over the other based on the performances they put in last year, it should have been Oscar. Down Oscar yeah. um, but at the same time, Joe's going to open up so many funding opportunities mm-hmm. and sponsorship opportunities with Alpha that it's going to be important to Alpha as well. Um, and who knows? It could be that... Joe does a good job there and stays there and Oscar ends up in the Alpine and both yeah. are happy. So. When funding we'll is important, like, you know, Kubica was in the car this morning, so it shows you that how important the funding is for the team. For a whole nine laps. Nine laps. Oh, yeah, yeah that was unlucky, wasn't it? Yeah, I felt bad. That's pretty gutting, isn't it? Like, all, all that build-up. Everyone else is, like, everyone else had pretty good mileage except from Haas and, and Alpha, the two teams that were b- bottom of the, of the order last year. Pretty gutting. Um, yeah. Sorry, Al, uh, you went to Instagram. Well, just one point on that. I think it's... Often you see, say, an older driver giving some advice to a, a, an up-and-coming driver, and you think, well, what's the actual point? But I think the way that Mark Webber is probably mentoring him, and they've been together for a while now, haven't they? That kind of thing does impact the way you approach go racing. And if you don't, if you stay quiet, we've seen drivers in the past who aren't that good at kind of networking and kind of work in the room, so to speak. They've just missed out on the opportunity, even if they're they're a pretty handy racing driver. So I think that having Mark in his corner. It's super important for Oscar, and I think, like you said, Nate, you need to be mouthy. You need to you need to yeah. voice your opinion. Otherwise, you're not going to get in. There's only one new face on the grid this year, isn't there? Well, yeah. and and a returning face, um, in Albon. And if you don't do that, you're just not going to find a way in. So, um, but going back to Enstone, um, he came out with um a, a friend of ours, James Lloyd, um, who does uh comms at Alpine. And he's just super chatty, Oscar. I, th- I like that he just wants to have a chat to you um, and is happy to answer the questions you want to ask about or just shoot the breeze. And we you know, wait, we chatted for you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes while we were waiting for Fernando to come for the interview. Um, and he's just the kind of nice guy that you'd want in Formula One. Uh, and he's quick. So he's got yeah. he's ticking basically every single box. Yeah, I that think. helps a lot. When the, when the end product, the end tick is, he is quick. That really makes a big difference. That's almost a shame that testing is so limited at the moment. Like, and yeah. everyone only gets yeah. three days. Because if this was a full preseason of 12 days of testing, like we used to have, and it was like three, four-day tests, you'd think Oscar might get For a half sure. day or a day in that. Yeah. Um, if you look at, yeah, like you say, Alpha today did like try and fit in 
a morning for Kibitza to help correlate and stuff, yeah. which backfired. Um, but for Oscar, yeah, he definitely would have got some time. So that's a bit of a shame. It, his timing's just been rotten. Hasn't it? Great that he's going to get FP1 sessions this year, though, isn't he, Alpine? Yeah. So that's something in the new rules. General question on that. I think even if they are limited days, I think they should give at least maybe a day, An maybe extra, a, day, a yeah. day each test, even, even if there's only six days, to younger drivers. Because the 20 guys who are driving in F1, they're meant to be the best 20 guys in the world. So if, they, if they've only got two days or... It would be two days oh, probably hang each. hang on, just two days? Wow. Then, you know, it, and, and also we've always talked about how big unpredictability is in F1. The teams might know a lot more, but the drivers might still get to Friday practice in Bahrain. But, well, actually, this, you know, at two hours of practice is super key for me because I've only done two days' worth of running. And the teams also get to run out some, some pretty young drivers. So I think that that, I don't know how, you know, it's probably unlikely and the teams will probably never go for it, but... In terms of the health of like the younger drivers coming through and their talent, I think it'd be quite cool. Actually, and also, yeah. people get to know their names as well. Like you, because you. Te- I remember back in the day that w- I'm a- I'll never forget the first time I properly paid attention to Vettel, 2006, was when he was testing for Sauber, and I was like, "Wow, this kid, he does seem quit pretty quick." Like you know, Indianapolis time on that Friday, he topped the session, and everyone was like, "You know," Vett- and I was like, "Oh my god, like that's pretty cool." And it's the first time you'd really hear his name. You'd heard like maybe people had talked about him and there'd been features in Autosport or whatever. You're saying like, "Shit, this kid's pretty good." And then he gets into F1, you're like, I'm completely hyped about this guy. <laughs> so I think that would be really good for guys, especially guys like Oscar. But there's there's a load of other guys down there, like Logan Sargent with Williams, like guys like that who could get a real opportunity to come up. So, yeah. That, was that a good idea from Nate? Do you think that was a good idea from Nate? I think it was a good idea from so. Nate. The funny thing is, Nate couldn't hear that because he doesn't have headphones, but I just wanted to use the applause button. Sorry, I spoke right over it. It's fine. You can carry on now. I had fun. I yeah. So my point is going to be the funny thing is I can't hear the applause. Oh, mm-hmm. I can yeah. see it. I could see it in both your faces. So yeah, I think that'd be a cool idea, and um, I'd be interested to see what people would think about that. But I don't know it'd just be nice. It'd be nice to get different faces driving F1 cars because then also I think if that was a rule that's mandated, teams have to be a bit more careful about the young drivers they do pick. True. Because yeah. they have to say, well, look, this kid's got to he's got to bring something in. Do you remember when Force India and I, I never I only spoke to Alfonso Chalice once, and he you know I, I, it's not a knock on him. He wasn't a very good driver. And I remember forcing him to put him in the car one test, right? Or, or, or there was a in-season test. Yeah, they used him a couple of times, I think. Yeah, but I feel like they were just kind of like, man, this is not the situation we want to be in. But obviously, it wasn't about him. In the, but teams would have to be like, look, I mean, we're going to have to weigh up the this guy brings loads of money versus he's actually going to get a good test. We're actually going to get a decent test out of him. So I think that would help that as well, maybe. Especially if you mandated when it had to be. Because I think if it was like today, if it was the first day of running, they'd oh, kind of write it off, wouldn't yeah, they? They'd be yeah. like, oh, it's just systems checks. We'll do the basics and don't damage the car. Day six of testing or something when they're all like, we need to do performance runs. Pretty interesting. Yeah, or, or at the very least, like, yeah, into the into the heart of it. Like either final day of the first test, first day of the second test, something like that. So mm. that you yeah needed meaningful data from it. Um, that would be interesting. but And that would kind of put an added value to the role of a third slash reserve driver, wouldn't it? Um, someone like Pietro Fittipaldi, who's like, you know, did a good job when he jumped in the house, but he you know, doesn't get that many opportunities. Yeah. Only because Matt Spin got COVID in Abu Dhabi that he was in. So, yeah, that, that, that actually was a good idea, Nick. Congratulations. Nice, thanks very much. Well I done. might retire on that now. Yeah, <laughs> That's the one. Um, one thing we haven't done in this podcast that reviews day one of testing. We're not doing one every day, by the way. Sorry, everyone. Or you're welcome. <laughs> um, is it's really... Actually review the cars. Yeah, I mean, themselves. and which is probably... A good thing because it'd be foolish to do it today. But Lando Norris was quickest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some moments when drivers were following other drivers. Uh, Charles Leclerc said he didn't really notice a difference when he was in the car this morning, towards compared to how it used to be. 
But then um, Edmonton over there and I were trackside when Sainz followed Verstappen really closely for a good four laps. Um, and it looked like pretty good, unless there's a huge, huge difference in the run plans. Like Sainz didn't back off to find clear, clean air. Verstappen didn't want to let him through. Um, he kind of half closed the door at one point at turn 10. They kept circulating within a second, like comfortably for about four laps until I think they both paid at the same time and then eventually they switched. So, like, there's promising early signs. Can I say that? Early signs, you can say that. Hey. I know that wasn't intentional, was it? Um, Always. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the key thing from the next, like, five days of testing is when they get those chances to follow closely. Like, is it actually as good? Because, um, I don't know, like, I hope it is, but I, th- I feel like... <sighs> I, I hope it's not a case of overpromise and underdeliver because it has been over. It's been massively hyped. There's regulations, um, but uh, it was it was kind of cool seeing all the tech journalists today just losing their minds with the Red Bull when that came out. I, I, you know, none of us will, will will pretend we're massive massive tech nerds. Very much. But not. as soon as you see that Red Bull picture, especially side on, you're like, okay, that is pretty different to everyone else. And I think you said it earlier, man. Is like every single car is so different this year, and. Lawrence Edmondson again, giving him another plug when he's over there. Said, "Just make sure he's still listening, isn't yeah, it?" Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, everything's so different that the fear could be that one team has one of those designs is three seconds quick or whatever quicker than the rest, and we just have one team dominating. Which after last year, I think we've so spoken about this a few times, but that would like that would be like a bit of a kick in the gut. Like it would one of the suck. Best seasons ever, yeah. and then suddenly you get a team that like, and you just reset that perfect that perfect kind of. Red Bull and Mercedes almost like kind of neck and neck, like literally as close as you could be. And you'd be like, oh man, we just kind of reset that. So I'm hoping that's not the case. And we didn't really get a good picture of it today, but exciting if you're a Ferrari or McLaren fan. I don't think we're going to know that until the last day of testing at the earliest, so in Bahrain. I just don't think that we're going to know until, we're not going to see performance kind of stuff until Bahrain, I don't think. So Lando tweeted and said in his TV interviews, I think that he was almost... Like annoyed to be P1 because people were then going to be like, oh, yeah, McLaren looked good because <laughs> they were quickest and they did over 100 laps. Yeah. Um, but they had a power unit issue at one point that stopped them at the pit lane. They had to wheel him back. But there was a point I was going to make here. <laughs> um, the point is? Well, it, a most of the time teams say, you know, you'd rather be first than not, you know, if you're just doing your run plan and you end up yeah. there. But one of the things that was noticeable about the McLaren was that it was sparking. and It was the only car that was sparking which doesn't sound unusual compared to the past, but with these new cars, the floors are so flat compared to the rakes that you used to get, which anyone who is unable to see, which is everybody listening, um, I just did my hand from flat to <laughs> angled, but yeah. Um, then the high rake and running the car lower meant that you're getting sparks coming from the fl- front edge of the floor hitting the ground. But most of the teams with the new floor um, rules and the way we're getting downfalls from it today were not running that low because... You know, you might get a bit more performance, but you might get a peakier car that, you know, it, when it when you lose that performance, you end up off. So uh, they were playing it quite conservatively and building up data. But the McLaren was the only one that was low enough that would spark um, in the afternoon when Norris was driving and went quicker. Uh, and he was doing it on both runs, I think, where he improved. So that might be a sign that they were showing a little bit more performance. But one thing he definitely said was there'll be such big changes race to race. And this will be McLaren, but also every team. These like even when we get to Bahrain, that pecking order won't be the same as it will be at race two. Like there's every chance that changes. He said in race three, every chance it changes then too. Um, he said the development rate is going to be so big. Like even if you're heavy favourite, legitimately at the end of testing, that doesn't mean you're going to be the winners at the first race. Um, and we kind of saw that last year. 
with Red Bull being, the, I'd say, the heavy favourite coming out of testing, rightly, like as it turned out. But even when we got to Bahrain, you could see that that was well-founded. But then Mercedes had managed to get a little yeah. bit more out of it and it had changed that and kind of dynamic. Thought, oh shit, Mercedes have done it again. Where yeah. we always just like, oh man. But then, as, it, as, as you say, it turned out to be that they were just both on the same kind of level. Yeah. So. But isn't it brilliant, though, that if what Lando's saying is true, comes true, that we're going from weekend to weekend and not quite knowing all the pecking order changes or someone can out-develop someone else to flip the pecking order. That would be mega. What well, I found fascinating mega. today, looking like just flicking through pictures and just standing you know, in the media centre watching cars go past, is that with this regulation change, everyone's been so optimistic about it. Everyone's like, it's a fresh slate. And I was looking at them, I was like, one of these teams has absolutely dropped the ball with this car. We don't know which one it is yet. But because they're all so different, one of those designs might look great now. Yeah. But in three months' time, I can't believe they did that. You know, it might be the Ferrari. It might be the that that, that you know that deep like undercut inlet of Red Bull. We might be like that was a terrible idea. You know, and I, I found it fascinating to think like we just don't and we haven't had a year like that for a while. I feel like where we've always kind of had an idea of like, well, these two guys will be the top two teams. The midfield will kind of be Ferrari, McLaren, you know, and who else? Whoever else there, like Alpha Tauri might be up there. But this year, I feel like that structure's still there. But there's going to be a team that has just messed up completely, and I'm I, I can't I, I'm looking at people and I'm like, man, like, are you going to be in five months' time like kicking yourselves that that was the design you went for like t- you know a year or two years ago? Well, maybe, but then so Haas had a bit of a shocker today with their reliability. I think they did what thirty odd laps, and that was it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the tech journals were saying they're really impressed with how sophisticated the design is at the Haas, like all the details that they've worked on, because obviously they totally wrote off last year. And they had the most development opportunity with the way the regs kind of sliding scale is. So that kind of all added up to like a, a really like well-developed car. doesn't mean it's quick necessarily, but you know, it actually genuinely caught the eye. Some teams were saying the same, like that their design offices had, had picked up on it. So there's, there's every chance that nobody properly drops the ball. I know what you mean. Like they, they, they all right now think they've got it right or hope they've got it right. But if they've all kind of got it roughly you know, kind of 60% right with what they've done. It might not be the concept that then you can develop to be the quickest over time, but yeah. with, with the way that the regs have just worked and not what the restrictions have been and the cost cap and stuff, I feel like there's a chance that these cars are so underdeveloped and new that everyone could be sort of still in a similar-ish ballpark. I mean, I think the field spread today was three seconds, which, I mean, you can't read it into times, but if you were to then just generalise, nobody stood out as you know, over a second quicker than anyone or over sure. a second slower than anyone. Yeah, like everyone was kind of, margins were kind of equalish. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if someone's definitely dropped the ball. I know what you mean. They could have. I just found it, it was just an interesting thought today because every, everyone, everyone's thinking like, which team is the quickest? For some reason, my brain flipped that round of being like, well, which of these is going to be kind of the one with the egg on their face? You so know? negative. I know, very negative. After such negative a episode so far for me. Good idea, good But there's joke. no reason why, even if you're the worst, right, you can't develop your way out of it. Well, that's it, and, and pretty and quickly. And it's not like this year, if your car's bad, that's it, because obviously this is the start of a cycle, so you could get out of it, mm-hmm. I guess. And it could be a bad year this year, and you get out next year. And yeah, stuff. exactly. But so it's not the end of the world, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I just found that fascinating. And at the, at the moment, I wouldn't feel confident betting on any any team either way. Like which team has has absolutely pulled the blind, or which team, in my theory, has dropped mm-hmm. the ball with it. But I know what you mean as well. Like that would be if that would be ideal if if everyone's come up with some regulations that are so good you can come up with 10 different designs and they're all pretty close. That would be pretty mega. Oh, then F1 would be the winner and we would be very thankful. And we're not just saying that because we're sat in an F1 funded <laughs> hotel room right now. <laughs> um, but um, just, just finally, one one team that did seem optimistic, you mentioned that they look good. Badger, you both said they look good as in 
visually looks good. Uh, Alpine, when I went, I went to the launch on Monday in Paris and they were like really talking themselves up. Like drivers were confident. Not they weren't the drivers weren't overly confident, but they were pretty confident. It was Lauren Rossi was like, yeah, like they were we weren't this confident last year. We knew what the regs had done and how they'd hurt us. This year we feel like we're a better place. We've now got the management structure in place to move us forward. But the work that's been done on the car isn't affected by that. All that stuff. So yeah, there's I don't think there's a team that I've heard that you just think mm, maybe maybe they need to be worried. Maybe that maybe they're trying to kind of lower expectations because yeah. they're in trouble. I don't I haven't seen that from anyone. So Lawrence, you're right that um you don't we won't know till Bahrain. Alpine, I feel like we'll know earlier because Fernando Alonso cannot hide when he's he, he might try and hide it with what he says. But you guys have spoken to Fernando Alonso before, like when he's pissed off or he's worried about something, he is like he's like hunched over and he's just very frustrated. When he's when he's when he's like okay, I think I've got something here. And we haven't seen it for a long time with him. Instead of being his very like jovial kind of don't care self, you can see he's like quietly quite optimistic. So if we have that Fernando in Bahrain, then that's the time to get excited about Alpine. But if he's a bit kind of cagey and looks a bit kind of distracted, I think he's thinking to himself, this car's not very good. Oh, Fernando watch. Fernando watch. Start it right now. <laughs> wow. Well, we, 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 we'll do updates on Fernando watch next week. Yeah. When we do, that, when we do another That'll episode. That'll be the episode. Just be, me, me just... <laughs> Updates on how Fernando looked. That's your day. task for the next two days. You've got to walk around listening to the Grandstand theme tune, watching Fernando Alonso's <laughs> every move. Yeah. And we're like, who, who is this guy? And I'm like, sorry, Fernando. Fernando, watch. <laughs> God, that is scary. That is, that is um, sorry, Fernando. In yeah, advance. We will do updates. And uh, on that note, shall we uh, get ourselves some food and another beer? We should. We run out? Yeah. We, I, ran, I ran out quite early, actually. I didn't, I didn't manage my run plan. No, that beer very well. You haven't had a very good first day, then, have you? No, not very. No, I, I'm in the mud. I'm completely in the mud. <laughs> um, and Lawrence Edmondson's politely been sitting there waiting whilst he's still on his phone. Um, he's not even but he's, he's had a tough day. He had a bad puncture, bad puncture on his oh, car. Yeah, you guys changed your tyre. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We were we were mechanics this evening. That's why we're doing this so late um, in your hotel room because we were taking the right rear off his uh, lovely Hyundai. Hyundai. Other car brands are available. Um, uh, Edmondson <laughs> did a very good job actually. I just kind of held the torch for him and then kicked some bits at the right times. But uh, yeah. Big heavy tire needed to come off. It was properly flat, and it was like a huge piece of metal that gone through it. So, I mean, I that know. that is testing problems. That is proper. Hmm. You can't Hashtag. you can't legislate for that stuff. Hash- shakedown problems, not testing. Problems. Sorry, yes, yes, especially in the presence of Beretta. Yeah, sorry, just sorry, get you in trouble. You're contractually, not meant to say testing. Although, then the final point I'll make: pre-season running. Well, <laughs> the final point I'll make is the timing tower at the end of the pit lane, beautifully resplendent, saying. Not the times, not the positions, just F one testing. <laughs> Genuinely, that's what it said on it today. I bet, like, I bet the F one people turned up and went, "Ah, oh, come on!" Yeah, exactly. Ah, for Barreto, see us out, chaps. Good seeing you. It's mate. been a pleasure. Enjoy the last two days of preseason running. Preseason shakedown testing running. <laughs> preseason. I like the sun. Just preseason. Though. Preseason. Yeah. yeah Winter. Pre-season. <laughs> Winter and F one. At least there's no snow, hey? Um, oh, you said oh, we're going to wake up tomorrow. It's going to be white. Oh, yeah, we I love once. it. We you, I did, remember yeah. when we came yeah. here. and um, Kind of fun. It was quite good. Yeah. It was, yeah. But anyway, it's not going to be good. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be rainy on Friday. Uh, chaps, it's been a pleasure. Thanks to anyone who's still listening. Remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social channels. You can read Chris's work on racer.com, Nate's work on ESPN.com, and my work on F1.com. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Goodbye. Bye.
Social Podcast Network.